Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for May 13th, 2020. Listen, this series, I'm teaching a series right now entitled Faith and Patience, The Wonder Twins. And this series has been a tremendous blessing to me and a tremendous blessing to many people. I have a lot to say today, so I want to jump straight into it. This is Faith and Patience, Part 21. The title of today's message is Balancing Your Present with Your Future. It takes a certain level of maturity to balance your present with your future Let's talk about it. We've been studying the life of Joseph, so we're going to go back to the life of Joseph again today, and uh, let's look at James 1, 2 through 4, and then also Genesis 39, 19 and 20. So James 1, 2 through 4, this has been our foundational passage from the Passion Bible. This is what the Bible says. My fellow believers, us, he's talking to us, my fellow believers, when it seems as though we are facing nothing but difficulties, we should take it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that we can. For we know, watch this, that when our faith is tested, it, it develops something in us. It develops the power within us to endure all things. This is what maturity is all about as a believer. And when this patient endurance grows stronger and stronger, it releases, the Bible says, perfection, maturity into every area, every aspect of our being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Don't you want to get there? You want to get to the point where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken in your life. You are perfect and entire, wanting nothing, lacking nothing. You are mature. Why? Because you develop patience. And that's what we're learning in this series. And then in Genesis chapter 39, we've been studying the life of Joseph and how he went from the paternal phase to the pit phase to the Potiphar phase to the prison phase, and then ultimately the palace phase, the prime minister phase of his life. Right now, we're in the Potiphar phase, transitioning over to the prison phase. Yesterday, we learned that Potiphar's wife lied on Joseph, accused him of sexual assault, falsely accused him, by the way. So just let's just look at what 19 and 20 says. I don't need to read the whole passage. In verse 19, the Bible says, Joseph's master, when, when his wife said, hey, told them everything that was going on. Potiphar was very angry when he heard what his wife said. And then verse 20 says, so Potiphar put Joseph in the prison. Now, oh, I'm gonna deal with this. Not just any prison, but the prison where the king's enemies were held. We're gonna deal with that. But and this is what the Bible says. And that is where Joseph remained. Now think about it. This kid had a dream from God. This kid messed around and shared the dream. His brothers betrayed him, sold him, uh, threw him in a pit, sold him as a slave. He was hauled off into Egypt, not knowing that the dream that he, that God gave him was actually connected to Egypt and not knowing that what his brothers did, what his brothers meant for evil was actually going to turn out for his good. So he gets to Egypt, not knowing that his purpose is connected to Egypt, that his pur purpose is connected to Pharaoh. And so he winds up working for a man that's connected to Pharaoh. That is one of Pharaoh's direct reports. And so now he's like that close to Pharaoh. He's, he's one degree of separation from Pharaoh, one degree of separation from his future, one degree of separation from his destiny, but he didn't even know it. And that's how it is with us. And so he makes the most of his present situation. He works hard. He stays focused. He keeps his head down and God favors him. God blesses him and God blesses Potiphar because of him. And then while all of this is going on and he's doing all of this and he's doing it great and by faith, Potiphar's wife comes and, and says, boy, you better sleep with me. I want to have sex with you. And he maintains his integrity. He doesn't sleep with her. She lies on him, says the boy tried to rape me. The boy tried to sexually assault me. He winds up in prison 
what does this mean to you? Like, what does this mean to you today? On this Wednesday morning, you're like, Rick, this is a good story, but what does this mean to me? Like, I'm dealing with coronavirus. I'm dealing with my kids. I'm de- like, okay, fine. I have three things to share with you on this morning that I know are going to be a blessing to you. Three things. Open up your heart now. Number one, here we go. First, let me lay the foundation. What does it mean to be a mature Christian? Right? We all want to be mature. What does it mean to be a mature Christian? In James 1, 2 through 4 that we've been reading for days, what does it mean to be a mature Christian? There's two things there. Let me highlight both. First of all, a mature believer, a mature Christian lives by faith, right? So you live by faith. What does it mean to live by faith? It means that you open up your heart to God's plan for your life, that you open up your heart to God's dream, that you are able to dream God-sized dreams, that you you open up your heart to whatever God reveals to you about your future because it's future to you, but it's past to him. For him, it's already done. For you, it hasn't happened yet. And you believe, you live your life in expectation of manifestation that what everything that God revealed to you is going to happen before you die. This is a person that is now willing to exercise faith. What is faith? Faith is something you say. Faith is something you do. Faith is a financial seed you sow, all based on what God revealed to you about your future. Faith is what you do in the present based on what God revealed to you about your future so that you can get incrementally closer to God's overall expected end for your life. This person is living by faith, and this person knows that his or her faith must be tested, which leads me to the next point. A mature believer knows that he or she must develop patient endurance, which is what the series is all about. So now that you know that you believe God, I'm living by faith. I opened up my heart to God's dream for my life. I'm living by faith in earnest. I know that my faith is going to be tested. It's going to be tested over and over and over again. And as a believer, for me to be mature, I have to pass the test. I have to hold on until I see in my hands what God revealed to me in my heart. I have to live with a dogged determination. I have to live with bulldog tenacity. I have to live with 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 a with a mindset that I am not going to be moved or shaken or dissuaded in any way. What God I'm fully persuaded that what God said he will do in my life. And if you can get to this point where you have faith and patience. If you can get to this point where you believe God on God's level that you open up your heart to God-sized dreams and you hold on no matter how long it takes. The Bible says you can be perfect. King James says perfect. The easy to read says nothing missing, nothing lacking. If you ever get to this point, then you've grown up. Now you're not on milk, you're on meat. You are a mature believer when you can believe God like on his level and you can believe like God is, despite the fact that you're not worthy, get over the fact that you're not worthy. I got over that a long time ago, right? So you're not worthy. God doesn't call you because you're worthy. God calls you because God calls you because he loves you. And so now you open up your heart to God's dream. You start to live by faith and you can hold on no matter how long it takes. That's what it means to be a mature believer. Faith and patience is what the series is all about. All right, number two, it takes maturity to make the most of your present day circumstances while you know that you're called to do greater. And I, this is this is me right here. I've, I've lived in what in this point right here for, for years. It takes a certain level of maturity to make the most of your present day circumstances, knowing, 
that greater is coming, knowing that some that there's that there's greater, knowing that that the that the world hasn't caught up with you yet, right? That that that, that the earth hasn't caught up with the reality of heaven for your life. That the things that God has revealed to you haven't happened yet. So you know that there's greater, but you also have to for to be mature. You got to have the focus to be like, although I know that there's greater coming, I still need to make the most of my today. I still need to make the most of my present day circumstances. I can look at the big picture and know that, that yeah, I'm called to do something great, but maybe I'm not called to do it right now. And so when you're living your life out in pursuit of your purpose, you have to learn, watch this, to be content. It takes a real, a certain level of maturity to learn to be content, to not allow the expectation you have of your tomorrow to rob you of the joy of your today. You must learn to be content. Webster's Dictionary from 1828, which is the dictionary I like to use, this is how that dictionary back then defined the word content. It says content is rest or quietness of mind in the present condition, a satisfaction which holds the mind in peace, restraining complaint. I'm not going to complain while I'm waiting on God. Restraining complaint in the presence of opposition having a future desire, but still maintaining a degree of present happiness. So I have this future desire, but I'm maintaining a degree of present happiness while I wait on the future desire. I am learning to be content. Joseph was living in Potiphar's house and he had to learn to be content. He knew that his state was not his fate. And and this is how it is with us. We know that right now, whatever we're facing right now is not the end, right? I mean, there's greater coming. So you know that your state is not your fate, but what you cannot do is allow your awareness of future greatness to rob you of your focus in your present day. Let me say that again. Do not allow your awareness of future greatness to cause you to, to lose your focus in your present day. Because you need to make the most of your today in order to get to your tomorrow. There are levels and stages. There are times and seasons. And if you don't make the most of your today, you run the risk of missing out on your tomorrow. So you got to remain focused. You must have the focus to make the most of now while you wait on later. Say amen to that. And then as I close out this point, let me, um, let me connect this to where we are right now with coronavirus. So let's just talk about today, right? So right now in our present day circumstances, the world is still, most of the world still under quarantine. So we got kids at home, everybody's at home, right? So, so we're at home. You can't go on the vacation you wanted to go on. We were supposed to go to St. Thomas. I'm still a little bit salty about that, by the way. All right. So, but okay, maybe you missed out on vacations. You can't do what you want. You're at home right now. It's easy right now. At stuck at home under quarantine, it's real easy to daydream about tomorrow. And you should, right? I mean, you should spend some time thinking about your tomorrow. You should meditate and medicate on what God revealed to you about your future. But right now, it's really easy to be so focused on your tomorrow that you forget about today. And you can't do that. You can't allow your tomorrow to cause you to miss out on today. So you have to make the most of today while you're waiting on tomorrow. Listen, God has plans for your tomorrow, but those plans will not manifest today. (laughs) So you need to make the most of your today while you're waiting on your tomorrow. And this type of patience is part of our development, part of our maturity as a believer. Say amen to that, all right? And number three, last point, 
It takes a certain level of maturity to embrace the reality of present day pain and disappointment without losing out on the hope of the future that God revealed to you. So let me say this. When you're facing pain right now and God gave you a future and you know the future is great, sometimes if we're not careful, the pain of our today can cause us to forget about our tomorrow. And this is a concept that I introduced to you yesterday, which is called spiritual amnesia. Now, this is something I heard in my church on Sunday. I heard that term spiritual amnesia, and I've been meditating it ever since Sunday. And so let me just talk about that real quick as we close. When you have like natural amnesia, what that means is that you can't remember your past, right? And so as the natural amnesia starts to wear off, you start your, your, your past, your, your recollection of your past starts to come back. And so you start to remember about your past. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about remembering your future. <laughs> this is different. So you, you were born with a predetermined purpose, with a predestined purpose. You, you were born, however, ignorant of your divine assignment. So while God made plans for you before the world began, when you were born, you didn't know what those plans were, right? So then what God does, once you're born again, the Holy Ghost, he begins to reveal to you things about your future. And so as the Holy Spirit gives you glimpses of your future, you then spend the rest of your life in pursuit of what God revealed. You then spend the rest of your life living by faith in order to see what God said. So you are living your life with an expectation of manifestation of everything God promised, right? And that's great. So you're living your life with this expectation. But sometimes painful things happen. And so when painful things happen, this is where, where we run the risk. Natural amnesia is about you forgetting your past. Spiritual amnesia is about you forgetting your future. Sometimes a painful situation can be so painful that you shut down and you forget what God said, that you shut down and you forget God's promise, that you shut down and you forget your purpose. And I'm telling you that this is not a time for you to shut down. This is not a time for you to forget what God said. Matter of fact, while I'm speaking right now, God is bringing things things back to your remembrance. He's resurrecting dead dreams. He's saying, son, daughter, I'm still going to do that thing. That thing you forgot about five years ago, I said it. 15 years ago, I said it. I'm still going to bring it to pass. The giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. No one would have blamed Joseph if he would have shut down after Mrs. Potiphar did what she did. No one would have blamed Joseph if he would have forgotten about the dream when he got to the prison. No one would have blamed Joseph if he would have just said, man, why did this happen to me? God, what is wrong? Forget it and just forget everything. I don't care about you. I don't care about me. I don't care about my future. No one would have blamed Joseph if he would have developed spiritual amnesia, but we're going to learn in this series that he did not. He kept the dream alive. He kept believing. And my message to you is for you to live by faith and have patience, you must hold on no matter how long it takes. You cannot allow the pain that you're facing right now to cause you to forget about the promise that God gave you concerning your future. You must keep on believing. Keep on, keep that hope alive. Keep your heart open to receive. Everything God said shall come to pass in your life before you die. Say amen to that. All right, let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I'm talking about being a mature Christian. This is what it means to be a mature Christian, that I'm going to believe God no matter how long it takes. I'm not going to, I'm not going to miss out on today waiting on my tomorrow, but I'm also not going to allow the pain of my today to cause me to forget about my tomorrow. I'm going to balance 
my present and my future. I'm going to balance my today and my tomorrow, knowing that God is the God of my past, my present, and my future. God is the God of my already. He's the God of my right now, and he's the God of my not yet. He's the God of my yesterday, the God of my today, and the God of my tomorrow. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, I live by faith, and I develop godly patience along the way. I balance the hope I have for my future with the focus you require for my present. So I make the most of my today while I know greater is waiting on me in my tomorrow. And I know my faith will be tested. When it is, I refuse to allow the pain I feel to cause me to forget about the promise you reveal. No matter how painful life gets, I will never give up on what you said. Every promise you have ever given me shall come to pass before I die. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button. You're going to get the messages, put in your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I'm telling you, this series has been a blessing to me. I know it's also going to be a blessing to lots of people. If you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button and leave me some comments in the chat, but share this message, whether you're watching on YouTube live or Facebook live or live stream, share this message right now on your social media on your timeline with your friends and head into this day, balancing your today with your tomorrow, your present with your future. That is a sign of a mature believer. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.